0: From the in and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. That's correct. And we are presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash sport. Canes fans, how can you not
1: be pumped? I mean, how can you not be jacked after listening to Josh Pate? I mean... If, if if you can't get excited about that, if you don't think that Cristobal is going to make a massive impact, if you don't think that that big money pursuit was worth it, well, you got bigger problem. You got bigger, yeah, exactly. And what I'll say is just to make sure that you're in the right frame of mind with the canes, I wanted to just replay a bit of what Josh Pate said about Miami, but before we do that, let me tell you about EDS air conditioning cuz EDS Just like Josh Pate, just like the Canes, it's cool. EDS is keeping you cool. EDS is, yes, EDS Air Conditioning. EDSAirConditioning.com to schedule your appointment. Uh, You don't want to be uncomfortable. You don't want to be unpopular in your own home. If your AC goes out and you, your family, people staying with you are sweating and it's gross and it's sultry in your home and it's disgusting and you have to call hotels or go call a relative and say, can I stay with you till my AC gets fixed? You know what that makes you? unpopular. Don't be unpopular. Don't be a loser. Make sure that you're getting out in front of potential AC issues with EDS air conditioning. Too many people leave it until they absolutely have to have their AC replaced or their AC serviced because you take it for granted. Don't take it for granted. Why don't you head this off before the summer comes? God forbid! EDS Air Conditioning, EDSAirConditioning.com. EDS is, yes, they're a train comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. They've been doing it since 2006. They service all of South Florida. They are replacing your AC. They are servicing your AC. Got plumbing problems? They handle that, too. I mean, these are the true MVPs. EDS is, yes, EDSAirConditioning.com. Scheduling service appointments around you. One of the few to do it. EDS is, yes, EDSAirConditioning.com. Just listen to this, Canes fans from from Josh Pate who we just had on CBS 247 host the late kick with Josh Pate on YouTube listen to his 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 reasoning why he feels so strongly so positive about the canes Josh I got to say you're high on the canes i love it like i i'm eating this up i'm all for it stones over here just i I mean he is he is on cloud nine but i I have not heard i mean there's obviously the the canes fandom and canes twitter that's always going to be hey we're the best brand we're the you but you are legitimately high on miami's chances here with Cristobal. yeah well i want you to think about
2: it like this so i i mean i've you know, I could be wrong, but if I'm wrong, I want someone to give me some logic-based reasoning why I shouldn't expect them to. At the very least, I think have the best talent roster in the ACC by 2024. Because the way I look at it, there are some things you don't even have room to doubt. Like you don't doubt they're going to recruit well. That would be foolish based on history alone, right? And then there's the second thing in play, which is I think Miami may be right next to Southern California. Ironically, because we were just talking about them. Miami may be the best positioned major power five program in america to benefit from the intersection of nil and the transfer portal nil because of the limitless opportunity you have down there and the transfer portal i thought about this the moment they changed the portal there's so much talent any given year in south florida some of it stays home a lot of it leaves home well in any given cycle when kids enter that portal you're going to have a lot of south florida kids in the portal by default and a lot of them just want to go closer to home it didn't work out wherever they went Miami could just be a random landing spot for kids you missed in the recruiting trail the first time around two years ago. Sure. They just want to come home. Sure. And so, like, think about how many factors are setting up to benefit them. And I just ask, okay, how are you going to counter that? Why shouldn't I believe that they're going to have a loaded roster, which it takes. Like, I'm not saying, they, I'm not saying that guarantees the five-star meal. I'm just saying when you got a fridge full of the right groceries, you're a whole lot more likely to have the right meal two years from now.
1: The head coach, the brand the location, NIL, I mean, all those factors coming into play. It makes sense. It's amazing what happens when you feel like you have a competent person running the program, a person who's been there, who's done that, who is the right fit. Like, man, and who's getting the right people to empty out their pocket. Listen, I it, yeah, I mean, money's a huge thing here. And, and, and listen, I make fun, I'm the first to make fun of Canes of fans with the, the U is back, the U is back. The U is back, but if you aren't optimistic about this last gasp attempt to restore one of the great brands in college football, then just stop watching the game. I right? love it. Like I just, love it. Just just give it up. Don't jump on the train. Move on. It's too late. I also think a good point that Josh made, too, is that this coaching staff is full of guys that don't need to be taught how to recruit or pushed to recruit. It's a staff of guys who you know you can say, hey, go to this state, go to this area, go to this region, here's a list of guys, and they say, got it, on it, we're going to do what we can, and they've been there, they've done that, and they've been part of massive recruiting battles before.
3: Or to Josh's point, those coaches who don't need to be taught already have relationships with kids at bigger schools, Mm -hmm. former four and five stars, that as soon as they hit the portal, they know where they're going, and And we've already seen it happen. Come home. Come on home come or on come home. to me. Remember, I recruited you here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to come to me, and we've already seen it happening.
1: Uh, so, you should feel really good about the Canes, and you should also feel really good about the Heat. And I, today, feel really good about myself because it was <laughs> 24 hours ago, right here on this show, on this station, yours truly. After the heartbreaking loss to the Bucs on Wednesday night, 24 hours ago, this guy, I'm pointing at me right now, in my chest, this guy was saying this about the Heat. If you look at social media, if you look at Heat Twitter, you would think that the Heat lost to the Bucs in Game 6 of the Eastern Conference Finals last night. Would you people get a damn grip. Well said, Ken. I mean, sweet God. Mm. It is March 3rd, okay? It is March 3rd. The Heat lost a game in Milwaukee, a place that's difficult to win. Again, the defending NBA champions in a game where the Heat outplayed the Bucs through vast portions of this game and couldn't close it out. You know what? It Happens. Mm-hmm. Would you people breathe? Okay. I mean, we are 63 games into an 82 game season. The Heat are 41 and 22. They're a game and a half better than second place Chicago. These things happen. Josh, I got to say, well, now we're 64 games into the season, and the Heat are 42 and 22, back to 20 games over 500, because. The Heat beat Kevin Durant in the Nets last night. It's almost as if everything I said yesterday was completely on the nose, was one hundred percent right. You're all sitting here yesterday afternoon hyperventilating. Oh, I didn't sleep well. Oh, I'm pissed off. I'm not even watching tonight. We blow leads. We we blow leads, and it is it's a precursor of what's to come. It's foreboding with this uh, with the, the Heat entering the playoffs. And my point yesterday was this Heat team that has been injured all season long, that hasn't had a complete attack, a complete roster for more than two games consecutively at any point this season, has already gone through the biggest trials and tribulations and is still the number one team in the East. And guess what? The Heat remained that. And they showed all of you to be panicky fools yesterday. The Heat without Kyle Lowry without Jimmy Butler, without PJ Tucker, without Victor Oladipo, go into Brooklyn last night and beat Kevin Durant and Goran Dragic and the Nets. Spoil the KD return. So everybody, would you please listen to me when I tell you everything with this Heat team is fine. The Heat are the team to beat in the East And when the Heat get full strength completely, and we are going to have Victor Oladipo's return next week, Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, they're going to be playing next week. We're going to start seeing this full strength Heat team, and I think it's going to rule. Tyler Hero is a certified star now. He is the best sixth man in the NBA. Tyler Hero off the bench in the postseason, who matches his production off the bench in the East? Nobody. Nobody. Bam, if he brings the offensive acumen, and he had a 30 spot last night, if he matches the offensive acumen of his last month in the postseason, bring it Joel Embiid, bring it. Who's beating this team? Nobody's beating this team. I mean, Stone, we've talked about it. They're the deepest team in the East already, and they're
3: about to get deeper. They're, they're playing like the deepest team in the league. Gabe Vincent, Max Strus, like these guys are coming off and just producing and numbers.
1: Even if the Heat uh, diminished the rotation down to, say, eight in the postseason, <laughs> you've got Oladipo coming off the bench. You've got Hero coming off the bench. And then I suppose, well, you have to make a decision about Vincent or Strus, who's coming off the bench there. But you have you have certified starters coming off of your bench. Yeah, you do. So listen, losses are still going to happen. I know it's shocking, but there's still 18 games to go in the regular season. The Heat are going to lose a couple of those, and it's going to be okay. Heat fans are so uptight, so panicky after any loss. But again, you went to Milwaukee and almost beat that team, you outplayed them. You go to Brooklyn, you beat that team. You've got Philly coming up as part of A 10 home games in the next 11 run on the horizon. Heat fans, this team is awesome. And it's about time you start acting as if they're awesome. This insecurity has to go. Because the Heat are unequivocally the team to beat in the Eastern Conference. Stop looking for ways to diminish them and embrace it. Think of all the pieces. Use your basketball brain. The Heat are good. Oh, but Jimmy has off nice. That's fine. You've got Tyler Hero coming off the bench. You have Victor Oladipo about to re-enter the fray. You've got Bam Adebayo, who right now is playing better on both ends than anybody in the league. What more do you want?
3: Now, answer me this, Ken. With this three-game stretch that we've had, Chicago, well, Milwaukee. Should have beaten them. That's, see, that's my point. And then and, beat Brooklyn. And Brooklyn. So would this be the three games this season that most resemble a playoff game? Yes. And what we do. You just said it. You yeah. you, you beat, Completely shorthanded. Completely shorthanded. Smacked the Bulls. Yeah. 16-point lead in the fourth or 18-point lead in the fourth against Milwaukee at home. And then just completely handed to the Nets last night big time. So in the three most important games of the season, what do we do we
1: came through? To me, the Heat answered a lot of questions, all of them positive, over the last three games. And yesterday when we talked... The Heat had a a game-and-a-half lead on the second-place team. Now it's two-and-a-half because the Bulls lost last night again. Okay? So you now have a a two-and-a-half game lead over the Sixers. Let the national media talk about the Sixers. Let the national media talk about Harden and Embiid. The Sixers aren't as complete as the Heat. Is it going to be a hard-fought series if they meet? Yes. Are they better than the Heat? Uh-uh. Got to show me more than three games against the T-Wolves, and two against the Knicks. Okay? Got to show me more. Got to show me more to make me believe that the Heat are in a semblance of trouble in a seven-game series. I guess what I'm saying is, Heat fans, please stop being so nervous, jittery, nail-bitey, and insecure. Ah, but we're not getting national television run. Guess what? Next week, Phoenix, Heat, ESPN, just got picked up. So there you go. Your prayers have been answered with that as well. Pipe down. So act like you have the best team in the East and maybe the best team in the NBA. It's time to start being cocky Heat fan again because this team is worthy of having you be cocky Heat fan again. Ken Leviga live here on ESPN 106.3. Speaking of the Heat, if you're going down to any of the Heat games in this extended home run that they've got, well, Use the bright line. It's the only way you want to use to get to the heat. Skip the traffic. Bright line the smarter way to skip traffic, get to the heat. I take it, get the premium seats. It is all worth it. It's like flying first class except you're on a rail and you're headed to the heat game, a block and a half away. It's perfect. Get to the next heat game. Stay till the last shot with Brightline's Buzzer Beater Trains. Brightline's Buzzer Beater Train lets you skip the traffic, get to and from FTX Arena, so you're there in time for tip-off, and you can stay till the last shot. The station's in West Palm, Fort Lauderdale, and then again in Miami, a block and a half away from FTX Arena. Trade tailgating for train-gating on Brightline with great deals on drinks and food in the station and on board if you're taking your kids to the game or anywhere in the tri-county south florida area kids 12 and under ride free there's that f word again free all throughout the month of march get all the information you need at gobrightline.com or on the Brightline app that's gobrightline.com or on the Brightline app heat in five when we return Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys. He's our sports agent insider, our sports law insider, talking all about the combine and the Cowboys. Amari Cooper is he about to get released? Oh boy, that's pretty intense. Stone in the Bannowitz, Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.
0: From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. I'm looking right now, Sports Center Lewis Riddick from Indy NFL Combine.
1: So I think it's a nice natural transition to bring in a man who knows the Combine. He knows it intently. He knows it intimately, been there, done that, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about what it's like to be there and how you approach it when you are representing some of the best prospects in the sport. The only man we go to is Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys, long-time NFL agent, represented the likes of Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew, and more, and Pat Lawler is... Is our sports agent and our sports law insider here on Ken Lavica Live, Pat? Uh, good afternoon. Thank you for uh, hanging out with us as always. Uh, before we before we talk about combine, we started the show discussing Tom Brady. I think that all the red flags are up. Uh, I think that he is going to play again. I don't think he's really retired. There's too much chatter around for this to be a definitive thing. You, the football fan, and I think uh, you know where I stand on this. I'm just kind of done with Tom Brady. I appreciate him. He has nothing more to prove. I'm ready to move on to the the next group of young quarterbacks. Do you want to see Tom Brady still playing as a football fan? As a football
4: fan, yes, because uh, he's special. Yeah. Um... The sad part is is, is if something uh, went wrong when he came back, then I think his legacy will be tainted. But as mm-hmm. stand, I like to see him play, but overall, I really don't. I think he should just move on.
1: That's a good point. He largely, he went out on top. I mean, he went out at a game where he pulled off another massive comeback and then didn't get a chance to see it through because he just didn't get the ball again. He went out, if you're going to lose and not win a championship, he went out as legendary as you're going to go. That is a, uh, that's a really good point. It's like Pat Lawler is good at this radio thing. All right, let's let's uh, let's discuss Combine here, Pat. So uh, a, a couple of things off of this, and let's begin with the interview process Now, Mike Tannenbaum echoed what you said last week when he joined us earlier this week. He said for him, as a general manager, what happened on the field and in the workouts wasn't nearly as impactful as sitting down in the suites and talking to these guys. How did you as an agent prepare your players, the players you were representing, to meet with these front office members? What were some of the key points you wanted to hit? Well, the
4: unique thing is, is some of these players have already been interviewed in the senior bowl, so it's kind of secondary to them. But the underclassmen, two or three things really stressed. One is be yourself. Um, Be who you are. They know who you are. They've talked to everybody around you, your coaches, your players, your equipment manager. They know your your good points and your bad points. Secondly, uh, listen to the question. Uh, Make eye contact. Mm -hmm. uh, Be informative. And try to show them your knowledge about the game. Everybody has a passion. And I always said, "Can stay away from the canned answers. They don't want to hear that crap.
3: Yeah. Yeah. They
4: want to hear the passion. They want to hear good interviewers talk about football and other things outside of football, which make them the man they are, like, you know, uh, and the things that make them uh, problematic. And that's the biggest thing I stress.
1: And... uh... You want them to be completely forthcoming, right? Like, leave nothing to chance. If you have something sketchy, you go ahead, you bring it up, you talk openly about it. I feel like it does you no good to skirt around that if you're, uh, if you're a prospect. Well, that's
4: where we come in. We should have already researched it and known all those issues and prepped them for that, how yeah. to address it. Uh, and you're right. They know that. It's like the old, when I, when I do litigation and trial, they don't ask a question trial trial unless you know the answer to it. They know the answer to the questions they're asking you. Uh, they may put you in a hypothetical uh, outside of a football realm. And, you know, I don't like those kind of questions. Because I think they're silly. Put them in a hypothetical involving a football situation. Uh, that's what you're looking to get, a football player.
1: Uh, how often, when you were an agent, did you communicate with college football coaches?
4: Uh, not a lot when they are playing because it violates violate the, right, the rules and regulations. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of guys did do that. In fact, nowadays... A lot of guys represent coaches also. So they, they interact. I wasn't representing coaches at the time. But post eligibility, yeah, there were discussions. Uh, I, I thought asking a coach about what they thought the weaknesses and the, and the uh, positives were was critical because that's who the scouts went after. I had a young man, a center at Louisville, who was uh, not a big guy, and he did a great job. We found out later that some of the coaches badmouthed him up there. Hmm. And we were shocked at it because he's a really good kid. Um, you know, and that's something too is that if you if you have a beef with a coach, let the agent know sure so the agent can let the uh, scouts and the uh, other people involved in the evaluation know hey listen this coach and him did not get along and here's why but I've had I've had scouts say, yeah we, we know this coach and a lot of guys don't get along with him so don't worry about it
1: Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys, decades of trial experience representing you, trying to get you the compensation you deserve. Wanttolawyerup.com, Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys, motorcycle accident, automobile accident, boating accident, slip and fall, any personal injury matter, Pat and everybody at Lawler & Associates Personal Injury Attorneys have your back. And Pat also moonlights is our sports agent, sports law insider here on Ken Levick Alive. Long time NFL agent. Uh, Pat, multiple reports today. First by ESPN that Amari Cooper is likely going to be released by the Cowboys. You're representing Amari Cooper. You hear that this is likely coming. How do you proceed from here?
4: Well, if I was representing him, and I'm sure whoever it is knew this was coming a while ago. Okay. And, and obviously he's still under contract with the Cowboys, so you have the you know tampering type of issues. But there's been discussions with other teams out there. They're not going to accept that 20, uh, $20 million cap, and I don't think they want to negotiate a long-term deal with him. Amari's been like a, a very unique player, very, very talented, uh, but just not lived up to expectations really at any of his teams. He has in some games been phenomenal. Um, he needs to find the right fit, but I would just tell the team to make the decision. They have to make the decision within the next two weeks. Uh, actually, I think the next week uh, or they get hit with it. So, and just tell them, listen, you're a hell of a player. There's a lot of teams are out there that want you. The big issue, Ken, is going to be how long of a deal is he going to get? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be a three year? Is it going to be a four or five year? Uh, and, and how much money is he going to get up
1: front? Uh, to the common football fan, Tyquan Thornton, the Baylor wide receiver, has become a star overnight. He runs a combine record 4 yesterday at the combine. Uh, I know that we've established, hey, the interviews are important at the combine. It probably and it definitely actually does supersede what happens on the field. But when you have a guy like that, who does that? Or Malik Willis, who's throwing 72. Two yard passes yesterday the liberty quarterback how do you as the agent try to help capitalize off of those workout performances
4: well it's shown them the other things they can do a four to one kid who runs good routes has good hands to film uh you you know speed is speed man i mean you can't take that away uh and actually the uh, one of the agencies i work with that's one of their clients so at least to say they're extremely happy (laughs) (laughs) but but I think what it is is that you have to show them they're, they're a hell of a player outside of the speed, but 4-2-1 is just spectacular. Uh, and these kids keep getting faster, bigger, stronger, Ken. It's insane.
1: It really is. We were talking yesterday about Evan Neal, the Alabama offensive tackle, who's yeah. three thirty eight, and he, he looks like Javon Curse. I mean, he's ripped up. He looks like a defensive end. It's crazy. All of these kids are freaks, Pat.
4: Yeah, they get them going early on, and you know, and uh, the the programs they have for these kids all the way from Pee Wee football all the way up till they get into college is insane. And they get into these elite programs, uh, the St. Thomas's, American Heritage down here. You know, Cardinal Gibbons is doing well, and these kids just build up and get bigger, bigger, stronger. And you're right, that's pretty sick. But once again. Uh, I've seen some guys who took their shirt off. They looked like lard asses, and they were incredible linemen. So
1: <laughs> looks can be deceiving, both yeah.
4: for and against them.
1: Yeah. No, no matter how you look, talent is talent, and that is what they're uh, they're looking for. Pat, awesome stuff. Really appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week, okay? Uh, and uh, we'll we'll continue on here with the post mortem from the combine. All right. You got it, brother. Have a good weekend. All right, you my guys. man. Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys, wanttolawyerup.com, wanttolawyerup.com, decades of trial experience. And again, Pat is straight up looking out for you like he did his clients when he was an NFL agent Pal Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys. Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys. WanttoLawyerUp.com. That's WanttoLawyerUp.com for your free consultation. Uh, Stone the I need you to put your your quarterback cap on here. Your former Division One college football quarterback cap no. on. A lot is being made of uh, the number of wide receivers yesterday who ran ridiculous forty times. You had uh, what four of them, five of them under four four yep. yesterday. Chris Olave, uh, Ohio State. There was another Ohio State receiver who did that. Taekwon Thornton, Baylor, four two one. That the combine record. You though, and when you were were playing that position. A wide receiver was more valuable to you as a burner, a guy with a ton of speed, a guy with a ton of size, or a guy who could jump off the field? Okay, so there's really no answer to that
3: question because it depends how you call plays and what kind of offensive system you have because burners are burners. Here's what I'll say about burners. Coaches know that this burner is going to get a certain amount of snaps on the field. The other guys, the bigger guys, the good route runners with the strong hands, they're going to play on the outside, and they'll play 90% of the snaps on offense. But the burners are the ones in certain situations, whether it's, let's just say it's second and two, right? That's called shot down. Like okay. You're allowed to take a shot there because on third and two, you can run it and get so a first down. So there are
1: going to be a specific situation, potential big play option.
3: Bingo. Okay. So
1: let's say a guy's going to get an
3: offense typically runs somewhere around 70 plays a game. you got a burner, some guy who's not too big. But but can flat out fly. Let's go, Jalen Waddle in that. Exactly. Example. So Jalen Waddle, it's second and two, and he's not in the game right now. He didn't start the game. They're gonna jog him in, line him up on the inside, send him in motion, give him a jet sweep. Right. They're gonna set up a, a pick play where he's coming down and he's running a mesh. Okay. Or they're going to put two men outside and him on the inside. Have them run. Simple hitch, and he's going to be the one taking the top off the defense. Possible, you know, bomb, big play. Okay, it's like those are what those guys are going to get used for. You see it more and more nowadays. Cooper Cup is, I mean, he's in the burner category, but he's not a flyer, right? But he is a guy who's going to get a certain amount of snaps and touches, and you can guarantee that the plays you want to call in certain situations, Cup
1: will be in the game. So, just if you were to pick one trait for a receiver that you would prefer to throw to, speed, size, verticality? Speed. Speed. Quarterbacks'
3: arms are just changing, man. Yeah. They are just getting stronger and stronger. I feel like
1: speed gives you more options. It does. I mean, yards after the catch, it makes you look better as a quarterback, and I feel like it's easier to execute with you as a quarterback if you have a dependable burner who's not afraid to run over the middle take a short-range pass, intermediate pass, and then see what he can do after the fact.
3: Yeah, and a lot of the times, they're the ones who go unnoticed. Like, you have to double guys like Devontae Adams. But if you put a burner on the inside near the line of scrimmage and send him, you know, down the middle of the field hmm. or something, that's where they go missing. So a Taequann Thornton, you're giving that a thumbs up. Yeah, no, dude. He's
1: got decent size, though, too. He, he
3: does. He's long.
1: So he's like a package.
3: He's long. He, he reminds me, and he's not. He's taller, I think, than uh, Kadarius Tony. Yeah. For the Giants. Yeah, 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 But they'll use him the same way. Tony's going to get his touches. You guarantee it, and eventually he'll start making plays.
1: Yeah, I I, I don't think that he's as big as Olave, but Olave's not the biggest dude, but he's just dependable. Yeah. And so if he's running that 40 time, even though it wasn't Taequann Thornton's and whose is, uh, I mean, Olave, that dude played all the college football he could possibly play. Seems like he's probably the one I would uh, really fall in love with. I
3: mean, Olave is a certified baller. Yeah. I mean, he is. He a, can't fail, he, right? Right. That's what I was just about to say. You can't fail if you're him, man. You've shown. You have so much experience. More than most of the dudes right now playing came into the league with. He's a certified baller. He'll be a starter sooner or later.
1: Four two one forty. I mean, Jesus, man.
3: We need to Get do, him on the Olympic team. We need to do an office combine
1: we got to see what everyone's got in here. We no, gotta, i got to see what you're running. Because you know what it is, though? That's going to be uh, an HR problem waiting to happen. That's going to be uh, a lawsuit waiting to happen. That's going to be hospital bills waiting to happen. There's going to be torn groins. There's going to be torn hamstrings. There's going to be injuries and bruising and icing. I don't think it's a good idea. There's, there's too many frail people around here. And I'm just afraid. I'm old, dude. If I start sprinting and rip apart my hamstring... I'm done, dude. I'm, I'm almost forty.
3: Jmp's not even making it to the forty yard, the forty yard line. Oh, Tina, Tina's got it. Tina, Tina will run a nice forty. We got a lot of people in the office who are, who I think are athletic. Well, I can
1: finish the forty, but I want to do it <laughs> respectfully.
3: We got the shorts, we got the thighs, we got the calves. Yeah, we got it going on. All right,
1: if I, all right, if you can allow me four months of stretching, then I'll <laughs> run the forty. Okay,
3: I'll hold you to it. All
1: right, awesome. Stone in the band with Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levicka. When we return to wrap up the week. Um, I need some clarification on what I think is common office etiquette, but I don't think the memo has been passed around. He's still in the battle. It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN
0: 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick live on ESPN 106.3. Hey, just a reminder, kiddos, we're presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash mbasport. Russell Westbrook, he's
1: really, he's the poster boy for things going terrible for the Lakers. Hey, Heat fans, you might have been freaking out over the loss to the Bucks on Wednesday. There is nothing that can happen the remaining 16 games of this regular season or 18, whatever it is. That's gonna resemble anything close to one night in the life of the Lakers. Just trust me on this. Okay? I, I tapped out last just night. Just trust me on this. Oh, you're done with them now. I, I tapped out. Purple and gold. It was such
3: Stone's an important. Done. It was such an important game last night. They're competing for the plant spot. They just lost to them six days ago. The it's Clippers. So e- the Clippers. It's so easy to get up for that <laughs> game last night, and <sighs> they go on a 14-0 run to uh-huh. end the half. To start the third quarter,
1: give up a 26-2 run. It's impossible. Amazing. It's impossible. You are not going to blow it at Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach Military Trail, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport. You can't miss it. It's got the big old Kia logo right out front. And this is where you're getting the best deal on a car. This is where you're getting taken care of better than you ever have been at any dealership in your lifetime. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, greenwaykiawestpalmbeach.com. Here's my advice. Scout it out beforehand. Check it out online. See the selection. You'll love what you see. I promise you this. You're going to go to Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. You're not going to be hounded. You're not going to be pressured. It's not going to be stressful. It's going to be, hey, uh, what are you what are you looking for? What kind of automobile you're looking for? And what's great is that there's a Kia for any, any type of personality, any type of person, any sort of desire i wanted something fuel efficient i wanted something fun i wanted something for the family that's how i ended up in my beautiful kia k5 gt blue baby love it there's a credit clinic on site they're taking care of you financially as well i'm telling you i've never had a car buying experience where they've had your back more than greenway kia west palm beach greenwaykiawestpalmbeach.com greenwaykiawestpalmbeach.com that's greenway kia west palm beach real quick if you want to know what the lakers are like right now Last night, Russell Westbrook got into the following exchange with a reporter after the loss to the Clippers. Here's Russell Westbrook.
2: When you conceived getting
4: together with LeBron, AD, you had a vision of what that would look like basketball-wise. Has, has it been difficult for you to process the fact that it hasn't happened the way you guys envisioned it and you guys are there have been blowouts, there have been boos, there's been
2: everything that... You know, probably everything's the opposite of what you envisioned. Has that been hard for you, especially considering your stature, your credentials, to to absorb? Um, uh, What did I envision?
0: Uh-oh. I suppose, I would imagine some wins.
4: <laughs> I mean, you said, based on what I envision, I want to know what you think I envision. I would, have but you envisioned coming here and winning a championship, or at least being in The, the season over? It,
0: it, it certainly isn't on. Bro, you're the 90s. Is nine the season team. over? No, sir. Thank you. So, what did you envision since you you, you just spoke for me? I Russ thinks what, he got them. They're not me. done yet.
2: Every press conference you've had this year, <laughs> and you we talked about, especially ah. at the beginning, you talked about what this could look like. Obviously,
4: you envisioned a successful season. It, to your point, sure, could still happen. But where
2: you guys are trending right now, it hasn't. I mean, do
0: you, you still asked my question. You,
2: what did, you did I envision? Russ. You, you said you envisioned
4: this to be a certain way. I want to know what you. Did you envision it to look like this? I had no I had no expectations oh good see that's why you don't know you don't know what I envision oh I he got him I come into every situation he got him um the same uh last four years me, I've been on different teams four times so my envision of kind of think everything gonna be peaches and cream I don't that's not realistic that's not life uh so for me um, I come into every situation um start from ground zero and try to figure it out along the way I have no expectations of how things would work, how many times I had a ball, what position I'm going to play. That's literally, um, you know, I just try to find ways to better, best help my teammates, and that's about it.
1: No expectations, Stone. Those are your LA Lakers. He had no expectations coming and playing with LeBron with the most successful NBA franchise in history.
3: I saw what he was trying to do to the reporter, just not the right time, not the right time. Well, place. No, and he's also wrong. And you're also wrong. Yeah,
1: like there was, I, I, I saw what he was trying to do to the reporter, which was embarrassing, and he was, he was wrong the reporter should have said so your expectations were to not win a championship coming to the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, well, that's basically what he exposed it, him as. It, I mean, that's just belligerent stupid stuff from from Russell Westbrook. Uh real quick, I want to end the week like this. This is a little PSA, okay? When you're waiting for an elevator, okay? And this is really important for those of you who might be on a first floor getting in into an elevator You have to expect and anticipate there's someone that's going to be on that elevator, right? Yeah, for sure. Especially when you're at a busy downtown office building. I don't know. Let's use a hypothetical. Like the Phillips Point Towers in downtown West Palm Beach, okay? This morning, I get down from the sixth floor where we park to the first floor on this elevator, and the door opens, and I don't even take a step, and there is an old dude just in the doorway Just barging on. Oh, sorry. You surprised me. I surprised you. You have to expect that there's someone in the elevator in an office building on the first floor when the doors open, bro. Like
3: like where he's going is more important than where you're going. Yeah,
1: I didn't surprise you. You stay the hell off the elevator until you're sure that it's clear of people. Old man. That's office etiquette. If you're on the first floor waiting for an elevator, any floor, the right-of-way goes to the person in the elevator first. You wait to see if it's empty or there's people in it. All right? So take that as note. That's right. Take note of that. That is my parting words for the week. Stone It's Friday Night Lights. I'm Ken Lavica. We've been live. Talk to you next week on ESPN 106.3. Bye.